0: Welcome to Third Culture Therapy, a podcast that looks at the unique ways our social identity and cultural heritage impact our mental and emotional well-being. I'm Leila Magrabi, writer, journalist, and host of this show. In this series, I'll be exploring how our multiple and sometimes conflicting identities affect how we feel about ourselves and the world around us. Through interviews with people from various backgrounds, I'll be delving into the vastly different journeys taken in the pursuit of inner wellness and find out what aspects of their culture have had a positive and maybe negative impact on their mental health. Welcome to the show, dear listeners. This episode is one where we delve into the world of men, their feelings, and some of the social and cultural limitations they face in talking about them. My lovely guest, Amar, talks about building businesses, silencing the inner critic and how joining men's talking circles have been a game changer for balancing his own emotional and mental health. But first, let me give him a proper introduction. Amar Lababidi is a British Syrian entrepreneur who was raised in France, Syria, Lebanon and Nigeria. A proper third culture kid, he moved to London when he was 21 and has lived in the UK capital on and off ever since. After a career in real estate investment in Europe, he worked in the construction sector before going on to co-found Growth Velocity Academy, an international tech academy operating across several cities in the Middle East, which he has recently left on good terms, I might add, and is currently exploring his next business venture. Omar, thank you for joining me today on this podcast. As I just mentioned, thanks for having uh, me. Thanks for you're having me. Most welcome. As I just mentioned, you have just left uh, a business that you founded and worked in for four years. Was it? You built it up over four years. Yeah, four. four, yeah, four and a half. I was. I was with mm-hmm. them, but yeah. So going straight in there, how do you feel about being a free man? Is it good? Is mm-hmm. it bad? Is it somewhere in between?
1: Uh yeah, I that's a good question to kick off because it's it's quite present to to where I'm right 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 now. I I'd, I'd say I officially stepped away 3 weeks ago, 4 weeks ago, um and so things are still relatively fresh. Having said that, I I have been in the process of of leaving for a year now. I feel um quite excited um that I have the I have the time now to focus on on something that maybe excites me a little bit more than what we were doing in in the previous business.
0: Starting a business, though I have not done it myself, uh, is known for being incredibly hard, um, as well as incredibly rewarding, or so I've been told. How was the experience for you? And do you feel any sort of sense of loss having invested so much time in growing something and and leaving it behind um is it daunting for you now being in a stage where you've sort of um left something that you built or are there other things that you are sort of excitedly skipping towards
1: i feel really proud of 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 the work that that we did um like we took like i've i've been trying to get on this entrepreneurship bandwagon for maybe 6 7 years now and um like i've dabbled with it you know i, I started a an e-commerce business in syria back in 2009 when the country you know didn't it was it was it was very early days i've uh, i've tr- i've tried more traditional types of businesses in the middle east as well um and it wasn't till GVA till I felt like you know what, we've actually built a business that is quite aligned with with my values uh, that you know has a positive impact on people's lives uh, whilst also being successful, uh, which is a rare thing. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm really, really proud of that. And I and I and I had a really good relationship with my co-founder and the whole team. And I believe we built a beautiful culture. Obviously, leaving your, your baby is bittersweet. I think I have I have this habit of comparing myself to my co-founder. And since he was more experienced than I was when it comes to launching successful businesses, I always um, put him on a, on a bit of a pedestal, <laughs> which uh, looking back now, I don't think was a, a very healthy dynamic. So, what I'm most excited about now is actually having, cutting that umbilical cord and 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 creating a bit of space. So I can actually, you know, build my own business without having to kind of fall back on someone. Uh, so that that would be the first thing that I'm very excited about. And the second thing would be. Um, so what we what we like our product last time was a digital marketing training, growth hacking training, which was amazing because it really helped people learn how to uh, scale up their businesses. Uh, but what I'm much more interested in is is, is mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and ha- and helping people really face their demons, not on a, not just on a, on, a, on, a, on a mental level, but more on a on a somatic level. Um, and, uh, and to, to make real changes as opposed to just, you know, ethere- more like ethereal, is that a word? Ephemeral. <laughs> Ephemeral. Ephemeral. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ephemeral. Yeah. Uh, uh, changes. And so, so that, that, that's, that, I mean, this is the, that's the next venture that I'm hoping to launch. It's still early days.
0: Starting anything new is a daunting and exciting prospect, um, going, venturing out solo is also, um, both of those things, like this project that I'm doing now, this podcast is new and completely self-started as is the book that I'm writing. And I've left, uh, a job that was within a company and secure, um, with, you know, a clear sort of path to do those things. And I did it out of choice because I wanted to, and and I felt very uh, passionate about what I'm pursuing. However, (laughs) I can totally admit, and I should given the topic of this podcast, that I have a lot of moments of, you know, mild panic and fear and self-doubt. And in the worst days, it's there's like a really bad critic in the room with the room being my head, um, who is really showing me all the reasons why I've made a big old mistake. And I wonder, do you ever go through that? Like, do you have those fears and those doubts? Um, and also, is it helpful? Because, I mean, helpful is maybe a silly question to ask, but like traditionally, when we look at entrepreneurs, And they're all like really sort of super confident and very like believe in themselves and all like, yeah, I can do this, man. And sorry to put on the pseudo California accent, but you know what I mean? Like they're all very self-aggrandizing and self-believing. And I understand that's the case, but sometimes that makes me feel even more intimidated because I'm like, oh God, I'm not at that stage. I mean, can you relate to that? Was yeah. that your experience yeah. from, you know, even going back to when you first um, started your company?
1: 100%. No, 100%. Like the the, the inner critic uh, is still very present, <laughs> even though I, I have a successful business under, under my belt, right? Um, but I think the way the inner critic works is it, it doesn't matter how, like, how amazing you have done it'll always zero in on the five percent that you might have, you might have fallen short and no one's perfect right we all tend to fall short and and then blows that that bit up and that, that's all you and t- tend to focus on so or I that's what I tend to focus on um, now I think what i a way that I deal with 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 that and this is this is part of what I wanna. Spend my time doing in the next venture is build helping people build healthy habits that help them stay um, ahead of their critic or actually even even make peace with their critics. Like I don't think it's 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 a battle. I think it's more of a of making peace with with, with the critic and and, and almost ma- and therefore be- better managing the the critic because the critic is 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 like for me is my, is my biggest Achilles heel. And, and, and the better I can manage that relationship, the better I will be able to achieve the goals that I want to achieve. And I think a, a big part of this is, is just managing expectations too. So, I mentioned habits. So, I'll, I'll give you one habit that is non-negotiable for me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's getting a workout in every day. Uh, even if it's just a walk in the park. Uh, but just, just getting out and moving my body is essential for my mental health. Um And then obviously sleeping as as well as possible and eating, you know, good, healthy breakfast, a good, healthy lunch and just, yeah, staying hydrated. Like those are the obvious ones, right? But then I'd I'd say in addition to that, I guess phase two would be, you know, having like your favorite song on standby if if you're feeling a bit blue and just, just putting that on to kind of like get you out of that. Uh, maybe meditating for 10 minutes, maybe doing some stretches, maybe some breath work. Um, and then I'd say another thing that I do, maybe we can call this phase three, and this is like having a, a steady uh, practice where, where you get to check in with a support system. Uh, and so, what I've got is, and this is something that I've only just rejoined after f- five years of leaving, um, I, used, I used to be part of something called the Mankind Project, which is uh, a men's circle where you get initiated um, over two nights, three days. It's like a intense initiation um, for, for for basically men's work. And men's work is basically helping men dive into their their shadow, and typically shadow is, is is the parts of our subconscious that we avoid that we that we tend to brush onto the carpet and it's been one of the best things. Uh, it's once every fortnight for two, three hours we meet, and it's beautiful. I've got this community of incredible men to kind of hold space for me and I hold space for them and, and we we kind of you know talk about the important stuff and it's done in a, in a beautiful structure where it's not just talking we're actually you know embodying some of some of the
0: work uh, you know it's very rare and this is one of the reasons why I really um, wanted to have you on this podcast is because you and I as friends we, we, we discuss a lot of different things to do with our emotions and our personal development and anxieties etc Um but it remains a rarity to hear men speak about these topics. And I would say even more so... Um, Arab men. Men. Arab <laughs> men, right? And so um, I absolutely would love to hear more. Cool. I'm sure our listeners would too.
1: The first, the, the first thing that needs to happen is that there needs, a, a container needs to be established. So basically a container is basically a safe space. And so that we have a couple of rituals that we, that we do every time we meet and and they're beautiful rituals. And these are rituals based on mostly Native American teaching and it it involves maybe burning sage, cleansing the room, um, and then creating like we have a a variety of rounds. The first round is known as the lover round. So the rounds are named after the four male archetypes and which are lover, uh, warrior, magician, and king. Those are the four main ones. So the lover round is basically, an opportunity to just, to just check in and to be seen and heard. And that's, and that's something that most men sadly don't have access to. I think unlike the ladies who, who love to chit chat and like open up and share, us men are more reluctant to do that or, or if we are to do that, we'll, we'll probably do it with our female friends or girlfriends or whatever. And so, like, you know, MKP does a great job at actually providing men with the space to actually build healthy male relationships with other men, and I think that is crucial because it's a, it's a different energy and it's a different it's a different need. Once the, the lover round is complete, uh, the warrior round is is a chance to be held accountable. So I think another thing is you know like to feel like you're in integrity with I'll speak about myself to feel like I'm in integrity with myself on on look at myself in the mirror and feel like you know what you're I'm I'm, I'm I'm living out to be the man who I want to be. I need to feel like I'm I'm keep I'm doing what I say I'm gonna do, right? And so as as an MKP man, each man has his own mission statement. And we need to share with that, means. we need to remind the men what our mission statement is during the check-in session. And then when it's the warrior round, if 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 there's something that I that I said I was gonna do a couple of weeks ago and I and I fall short of doing it, I need to hold myself accountable. And if I don't, it's the duty of one of the other men to hold me accountable. So the so so the warrior round actually has three rounds. The first is you know each of us, and then it's and then it's the you know them helping me or me helping them, and then the final one is if there's any charge in the room. If there's like if 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 I'm feeling a charge, like a negative charge with with somebody else in the
0: room, that needs
1: to be cleared. And so
0: how does that happen? Just out of curiosity, do, does someone pipe yeah. up and say, "Hey, I'm feeling a little bit of va- bad vibes from you"? Yeah, is it like that?
1: Not exactly. So, so, it's the, the, so each round has a facilitator. We're in a circle, and then uh, like men who don't have a charge step back, and we have to like literally like look at each other face to face and look in each each one's eyes, and it's and it's pretty intense because you know ha- like how often do you have the the guts to actually tell someone I've actually got beef with you, right? It's a, it's a very uh, very, and it's it's a very vulnerable place to be in, right? Uh most of us are very good at playing nice and and hiding our true emotion. So it's an opportunity to really step forward and and own that. And like and like and like and, and, and the, the more you can do that, the more I can do that, let me say, the more I'm able to um like build um like my own self-respect. That that obviously also puts the inner critic back in his place too. That's a crucial bit. Um, so, the third round is, is known as the magician round and this is the round where I feel most of the real somatic work actually happens. Um, so, I'll give you an example of some like of somatic work. Um, so, you want to basically shift energy that is stuck in your body as opposed to being stuck in your head, repeating stories, right? And that is easier said than done, okay? Because we're very, human beings are very good at telling stories. And then she said this and he said that and blah, 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 blah. But That, that doesn't really solve the issue. Like, I'm, like, don't get me wrong, I think talk therapy is helpful, coaching is helpful. But if you want to get to the, to the, to the root of the trauma, uh, which, you know, is, is, is the birthplace of all shadow, you kind of need to shift energy in your body. And now MKP, like they have this process in the magician round where, you know, there are a variety of different techniques, but the idea is these techniques have been put in place to help men shift the energy in their body in order to to release any toxic shadow. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, the king round. What tends to happen is we only have two hours and forty-five minutes to do the whole thing, and so the king round just is is almost like a a closing round. How do you want to? Yeah, like how are you leaving the circle? So you just share your name and 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 like a an, yeah, a word. Typically, um, of how you're feeling, um, and it's usually connected and like yeah, it's because after an experience like that. It's, yeah, you feel extremely connected uh, to these otherwise could have been strangers. Like I I only rejoined the circle, you know, after leaving it for five years uh, a few months ago and literally after the first session, like... the connection was so strong. It was, I felt like, honestly, like on some level, stronger, like, like deeper connection with them than people that I've known for maybe 20, 30 years. And it's because we're, we're going straight into the, to the real stuff. We're taking off all our masks.
0: This sounds amazing. And I'm so glad to hear how beneficial it has been for you. But I'm really intrigued, and I'm sure many others listening to it, would be like, what took you there? What took you to MKP? How did you find it? Why did you go there? Why did you even feel like you needed it?
1: Uh, great question. I, where do I start? I had spent a few years trying to figure out like who I was. And I, I tried to do that through, through work mostly. Um, I, you know, I used to work in property Uh, for for a property fund and you know as as fun as that was it wasn't really who I was and I moved back to Syria and I got involved with a few things over there in construction and the revolution kicked off and I ended up in Saudi Arabia and I was I worked in construction in Saudi and that was definitely not who I was and so I ended up coming back to London feeling a little bit um, lost not knowing where like where I belonged like like and where my career was even going. Um, so I did I did a bit of traveling and came back and I joined this thing called Escape the City. There was a career coach and the career coach I really like what what she taught really resonated with with me, so I booked her in for a private one-on-one. And on the first session, she, she told me, "Dude, you need to do MKP." And I'm like, "What is that?" She said, "Well, it's this thing for men's work." And I initially was like, mm, "Yeah, it sounds interesting, but maybe not for me." And a few months later, I was feeling quite low and I booked her in for a second session. She said, Well, have you done the MKP thing? I was like, No. She's like, Well, go do the MKP thing. Let's have a conversation. Thank God she said that because that, that was a massive shift for me. Like I was saying earlier, my relationship with other men, because my, my, like men need to, need to feel connected to other men um, and have trust in men and, and actually like, like have a love for men. I, I think prior to that, there's always like men, like obviously I had male friends, but it was more superficial. Like it was difficult to get deep. Um, and it wasn't until MKP that I was able to build, you know, deeper uh, relationships with, uh, with men. Um, yeah. So, so that's, what did you, that's what, what I mean. do you,
0: what do you think your coach saw in you or what did you see in yourself that led her to say, mkp was the way to go
1: human beings both males and females are made up of both feminine and male uh, energy right and there's mature male energy and immature male energy and same thing with the female and i think she could see that maybe my male energy was was lacking my my mature male i I, i'd imagine that's what because a mature male energy has direction and I was lacking in direction. I feel, I was yeah. I, I was I was in my head. You know. I was like oh, I've tried this. It did not work. I, and 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 so I I imagine that's that's why she she um, asked me to 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 do that. Um, and I remember like on the last day, like I had literally I like like light shining out of my eyes. I was the house. I, I was on another level genuine game changer and like off the back of that if maybe 6 months later i built gva my tech academy um yeah like the world the universe uh complied not complied i don't know if that's the word it, it delivered inspired inspired yeah inspired to help conspired, you conspired, yeah that's y- the word
0: you you sort of um tapped into well, it sounds like you had this need for you say as you say for 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 male, for male, um energy and direction. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of deeper work that is involved in these sessions, but, um, uh, I know you, and for, but for, for the purposes of the audience, you do come from a male heavy family in the sense that you are one of three brothers. You have two, uh, two other brothers and, uh, your father who is still, um, alive and well. Um, did you not have that sort of male direction, directive energy from them, or was it not the kind that you were after? (laughs) Um, wow. Okay. We're going to go there. (laughs) So,
1: uh, my dad, yeah, listen, my dad, um, is, um, an extremely generous man. Um, but he also has uh, his own ways of doing things, um, which I think conflicted with the way I, I wanted to live my life, um, mostly in that, you know, we have to do things his way and whether we like it or not. And I think the issue with that is like, at least in my case, I ended up initially trusting his advice and his guidance and ending up doing things that were really not for me i.e. ending up doing construction in Saudi Arabia like that just wasn't who I was but I said you know he's older than me he's much more experienced and he knows what's best for me therefore I should trust him and and you know after a couple like there were two three instances where I kind of blindly followed his advice and ended up basically unhappy I've had to therefore really figure out what is my route. Um, also in terms of like how deep, like emotionally I am with, I mean, there's love hundred percent, but do we talk about the icky stuff? Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Do I wish? Yeah, but but I I, I just, I've come to accept that that's just, this is the family that I'm, I'm born into and, you know, I'll take what I can get. And like, you know, I've, I've got amazing brothers um, and an amazing father and a lovely mother too. So I've been very, very blessed, but when it comes to like emotional support, I'd say it's, it's, it's limited. That's why I feel like I need to seek that from external, um, an external support system.
0: You mentioned that you, you, you know, you followed your, um, your father's advice and recommendations and it's quite common children. We want to, often please our parents and, and also naturally we look to them as guides and sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Was there any challenge though, or difficulty in you forging this own separate way? Mm,
1: Well, actually, no, when I first launched EV, I remember my dad was like, you're not gonna make any money off of this. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, like, you know, why don't you go work for XYZ or someone else that we know uh, in Dubai who you'll get paid a lot more money. In. And and I, I remember being quite firm with my boundaries there, which is a rare thing for me. I, I usually like, I let them <laughs> cross most of my boundaries. And I was like, guys, listen, like, I'm doing this, you know, whether you like it or not. So, I'm I'm building this company. Obviously, currently, now that I'm, trying to launch a new business without my co-founder and doing this completely alone. Like there's a lot, of, there's there's like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Part of me is like super excited. Another part of me is like, my inner critic pipes up and he's like, Hey, can you do this without your co-founder or without another co-founder? And, and you know, are you disciplined enough? And, and it's, it's about really managing that in a healthy way. So the way I do that, I, I so I, because I, I know this, the, the, the personal development space quite intimately, I have a lot of friends that are coaches uh, or who work in men's work or who follow certain practices. So I'm, I'm quite lucky in that I'm, I'm able to uh, lean on them. A friend of mine, she's a coach, and I told her what I was going through and like, she gave me some great advice. Um, yeah, and she basically said, dude, like, as long as you're following what, what excites you, you know, you might not build a billion dollar business, but at least you'll, you'll end up creating a career that is aligned with who you are. And that's exactly what I needed to hear, to be honest. Because like if you ask me what, what's my biggest fear right now, it's, it's ending up working for a business that I, that, I, that I don't necessarily, I'm not aligned with, and I'm just doing it for the money. That, that's my biggest fear. I think another crucial one is being realistic with, with how much one can achieve in a week or in a day. I think I think I, I, I used to have this, this 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 tendency that I wanted to do way too much in one day and end up end up not not achieving enough and then and then resenting myself for that and so now I'm a bit more um, I'm a bit more chill. I have weekly goals. I have weekly goals that I have actually a five-year goal that I'm working towards, and I've broken that down into a one-year goal, and I break that, out, that, that also down into weekly weekly goals, and I check in with those goals every Sunday evening. You know, what's one thing that I did last week that's going to get me closer to this goal, and what's one thing I'm going to do next week to get me close to that goal? And as long as I'm, as I'm doing just that you know, checking with those goals, I'm getting one percent better every. Every week, um, you know, I'm, I'm, hopefully, eventually, I'll, 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 I'll be able to achieve whatever goals I've, 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 I've set out to do, whilst also managing my mental health and emotional health in a healthy mm. way.
0: Yeah, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense, and it's a good reminder for me on this day when, um, yeah, my inner critic is a little bit louder than it should be because, um i similar to you historically have been like right i have an idea i want to do it i get very excited and i'm like i'm going to do it in this time da da da, da, da. i get it going all guns blazing and then you start getting into the work and you realize, oh, wow, there's actually a lot to do and it might not happen as quickly. But instead of me looking at it as historically, instead of me looking at it like, yeah, things take time, I would just immediately beat on myself and be like, you're too slow. You can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, you know, Either leave it or do it, but really take all the joy out of it because I'm I'm now just kind of beating my myself on the head because I'm not quick enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not progressing. And um, you know, this year I've I've really in this past year I've really been like, no, Layla, things take time. And actually, you have a goal and you have some plans and you know what you're doing, and you just have to understand that, that this is the pace, like this is life, like it's, it is one step at a time. And eventually these steps do become this whole big, long journey that you've walked down, but you just have to keep going a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And like you said, I like that, you know, as long as you're 1% more than yesterday, then you're doing all right. Um, And even some days when there's no movement, that's also all right, because if you need to rest, You need to rest. You need to rest. You know, you've hit a wall, sometimes you've hit a wall. Right. And you sometimes do just need to take stock and be like, I actually have nothing today. Um, there's no more juice left in the tank and that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. It's still difficult though. Sometimes I don't know if you find that. So I think, yeah, I, I, I,
1: I can speak to that actually. I think most of us know a lot of this intellectually, but physically, like i think i think this, and this is the work that i was i was alluding to earlier it's about almost reprogramming your your subconscious to believe what your conscious believes and that is the hardest bit we know what the steps are but yet we still but yet we still have these critical voices and this is what i'm learning the way to to reframe those voices is to really go in deep into your trauma <laughs> uh, to feel all your emotions and to using a variety of different techniques, start shifting you know, the energy, the, the, like the, like all that, that, that pent up trauma. I've, I've had this stuff in me for 42 years and probably a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I carry is intergenerational, it's been around for hundreds if not thousands of years.
0: But where do you, you just said you think they've existed even for hundreds of years. Where, where, where do you think this critic comes from? Like where, if you've had it all your life, like, what is it that, what are you measuring yourself against or who, So, who, so when, when, what has well, created this?
1: So when I say intergenerational, so I'll give you an example. So it's like, it's like, I know that my father is very self-critical of himself and he's also very critical of us. Right. Uh, he doesn't tell us that he's critical of himself. You know, they say most critical people are it firstly critical of themselves right um, and so I know that i've inherited that from the way he raised me right um, and, I'm, and i and i would imagine that maybe one of his parents were quite critical, and that's so that's what I mean by intergenerational right it's and 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 I mean God knows what happened when like he grew up during the Lebanese civil war, um, his father died when he was i think only fourteen years old. Um And he was the youngest of you know seven kids, and he was the only son, so he had a lot of his own trauma um, yeah, and I don 't know what trauma my granddad had, uh, but I can only really imagine like he he was he was around during the the great famine of the Ottoman Empire, so and they had to struggle and move to England and move to Nigeria and hustle and so yeah, so <laughs> it's intergenerational. Um, work right um, and are and the various formats one can access that and this is what I'm only just learning now is this it's like having a, a daily practice
0: you so you've spoken a bit about this inner critic and also starting your own company and that's I suppose having the fears around going your own way is universal. Um do you think though that um uh, your cultural background has added or, or yeah has added um anything extra to to any sense of critique worry anxiety or potentially helped so I'll start off with the positive.
1: Um, as I mentioned earlier, my dad is very generous and I feel like he's always provided us with a safety net, right? So like worse comes to worse, like we can always lean back on him. Now, That's something that something I don't want to be doing, but like, it's something that I know I always have. Um, I think on the, on the, on the, on the flip side, um, there's a lot of expectation. Uh, so it's not just, you know, make you know, build a business and make some money. It's build a business, but build a real business where you're able to, you know, earn a lot of money. And when I say like, I mean like, if you're not not talking in millions, you're wasting your time. Obviously, we all want to become millionaires, but the reality is sometimes when you're trying to build a career of purpose or, you know, a social enterprise or whatever, like I'm uh, like for me, it's really all about like getting that, that 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 alignment with who I am, and like actually trying to make a positive impact in the world. Obviously, I, I definitely want to make money, but for me, that's I think that that's where the um, the conflict arises sometimes with the, with the expectations from from the family. But that's a work in progress, um, uh, and, I, and I like I said earlier, I'm, I feel extremely blessed to to, to have like a supportive family that, that allows me to co- go off and take these risks. Like I think there are other entrepreneurs that actually don't have that safety net. Um, and it, it, may, it makes things much harder for them. Um, having said that, sometimes the safety net actually ends up acting like a hindrance, right? Because necessity is the mother of invention. So again, that's another battle.
0: You've spoken about um, money, making money, sort of career success being a, an expectation. Uh, within your family that has seems like it's burdened you somewhat and maybe caused a little bit of inner struggle. Are there any other expectations, familial or cultural, that you feel have been difficult to deal with?
1: Um, I'd say, uh, yeah, I'm. so the, the one thing is this expectation to to get married to a nice Syrian girl. Uh, and like, I've, trust me, I've, I've tried <laughs> a number of times. Um, and, and like, that's something that I like, I genuinely love the Syrian culture and I love um, like Syrian women, I have to say. Uh, and I love a lot about like our, like our, like, colloquialisms and our food and our history, and just the way we, we, we are. Um, and, but, I, but, I, but again, like I, I feel because I'm not married yet, not even in, in a relationship at this stage, that I'm in some way falling short of the family and maybe even cultural, like, society, like Syrian society's expectations of me as a, as a single 42-year-old man, like, like what's wrong with this guy? You know, I feel the more the more I'm able to do, you know, work on myself. The more I'm able to to realize how relationships tend to be these dojos for acting out our our shadow. Like if you're in an intimate relationship with someone, in a real relationship, the relationship is going to bring out most of your shadow, uh, and like and on on both sides. And and so there, therefore, the more one is able to Know what they like be um, uh, what's the word uh self aware and also know how to communicate effectively in a relationship to, to to use a relationship to actually become better people as opposed to like point at each other and like hate each other that's I think that's the beauty, and that's something that I'm very very uh, both curious about but also like like excited about i i I can see myself ending up with somebody. Who, who also comes from a similar background, but also is quite self-aware and who's done some of the work and, and who, who who's willing to be in a, in a conscious union and a conscious relationship.
0: I think a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, will um, take solace in hearing that it isn't just them um, who are perhaps on the receiving end of a certain silent judgment about being... Single, uh, still at a certain age. So, thank you for sharing that vulnerability. Um, you've spoken a lot about what you've learned in years with Mankind Project, with the somatic work, um, with personal development, with coaching. Is there anything from your culture, um, given how tied and linked you are to it, that you have found over the years has helped you with your mental and emotional well being?
1: Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Uh, first I'd say is religion. Uh, I think when I growing up, I had, I felt like religion was shoved down our throats and we had to approach it from a place of fear. Um, and I basically took a bit of a break from religion. I was always Muslim, but I just wasn't practicing. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I've kind of reconnected with, with Islam. And, um, and what I've found is a lot of the teachings, I'd say most of the teachings uh, in personal development are aligned with Islam. So whether it's meditation, prayer, like we meditate when we pray, whether it's, you know, being present in uh, whether it's holding, keeping a, a gratitude journal, <laughs> that's, that's what prayer is. You're, you're, you're thanking God and just thanking the universe for, for everything that you've got. Um, Five times a day, you know it's a practice. You know yoga—that's part of like what we what we do when we when we pray. So there's the like for me that's just become a a consistent um, grounding in my day, um, and I'm I'm really happy with that. So that would be the first thing. The second thing I just say is, to me it feels like Middle Eastern culture is this, this, this having, you know, a very strong social fabric. Um, I love having, you know, such a big family on both sides, cousins galore. Uh, and then friends from literally a variety of different phases of my life that when I reconnect with, it's like, it's like it's like we were just hanging out yesterday, and some of these people I haven't seen maybe for five or ten years. Um, there's this, there's a strong social fabric, uh, which is beautiful. I think that is that is a beautiful part of of our culture that I want that I want to you know maintain in London, hopefully over over the over the years, or try to recreate in London.
0: It sounds, from what you've said, that you know community and camaraderie is a very big part of um, the inner wellness that you have found and are continuing to maintain. Be that in a social setting, familial, um, and in not necessarily a very familiar one with something like the mankind project but it's still very much a, no, it is. a, yeah, yeah. a community yeah, feel right it's 100%. people who are getting together 100%. who are opening their hearts and their minds and their souls to to one another and um seeing and being seen and that i think is so much a part of our uh wellness and, and feeling grounded alongside as you said these daily practices that we keep in mind and um, to keep us going and to remind us of being embodied and being present and that you know there's a bit of a forward motion however small it may seem at the time you know bit by bit step by step you can go a really long way so thank you very much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Alman.
1: All right. Ciao.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Check out the show notes for more details about my wonderful guests, including where you can find them on social media. If you enjoyed listening to this, please do spread the good word, share with friends, family, cousins and colleagues. And please, please, please like and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to this podcast. Your support is crucial for the show's success and a couple of clicks from you will mean the world to me. Go to my website, com and follow me on Instagram and Twitter for more news on future episodes.